Has someone ever asked you to do something you felt like you just couldn't do? Welcome to A Servant's Heartbeat. My name is Kristen. Thank you for listening and allowing myself as well as others that have been on the podcast with me to share our heartbeat for the kingdom of God with you. Our devotion today begins with a question. Has someone ever asked you to do something you felt like you just couldn't do? Now, to clarify, we're not talking about anything that's sinful, but just a request you weren't sure if you could live up to. So, for example, we're asked to be somewhere on time. (laughs) Now, I have to chuckle a little bit at this one because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh boy, I know me. Can I really make it somewhere on time? We're asked to make commitments to something, but maybe decline because we aren't sure if we can dedicate the time or effort and we don't want to let somebody down. Maybe we are asked to serve or volunteer for something, but hesitate because we feel inadequate or unable to complete the task at hand. Maybe it's just me. But when someone starts talking about somebody in the Bible, like Abraham, David, or Isaiah, I think about their life, what they did, what we know about them. But I'm also thinking about the things they said or wrote. We're going to talk about Joshua for a little bit here. And one of the things that many will remember about Joshua is that he said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is one of those verses that is so well known that it's on the wall decor that you buy at Hobby Lobby. People are aware or familiar with this particular part of that verse. As for me and my house comes from Joshua 24, 15. But let's back up one more verse to Joshua 24, 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. My opening question to you was, has someone ever asked you to do something you felt like you just couldn't do? Well, in this verse, Joshua is asking the children of Israel to serve the Lord in sincerity and in truth. So let's make this real personal and ask ourselves that question. Can I serve the Lord in sincerity and truth? Now, here's what happens in my mind when I think about that question and how that applies to me. I want the answer to be an immediate yes, (laughs) but I'm thinking, I know me. I know my mistakes. I know my shortcomings. I know I stumble. I fall. (laughs) You want me to be sincere? Is this something I can do? Is this something I can continue to be? So this verse mentioned sincerity and truth, but I really want to focus in on just sincerity In its basic meaning, it's something that is honest, pure, and true. And there just so happens to be a verse that mentions all three of those things. 
Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, sincere, whatsoever things are honest, sincere, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, sincere, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, we don't have to think or look around very long before we quickly realize that there is a lack of those true, honest, and pure things in our world. It's hard to think of something that checks off all the boxes of Philippians 4, 8, if you will, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and good report outside of things of God. So if I want those things in my life, I need the Lord, plain and simple. Honest, pure, and true is how the dictionary defines sincerity, but let's look at how that's defined in Joshua 24, 14. Sincerity in that verse means complete, whole, and entire. I can read those meanings and think about the verse, Colossians 2, 10, that mentions ye are complete in him. So just as I am complete in him, I can be sincere in him. Point being, serving the Lord in sincerity does not happen without him. It's going to happen in him, with him. So our question again, can I serve the Lord in sincerity? I take a lot of interest in word studies and looking at how words are used in different verses. And sometimes looking at that can help bring a better understanding to a particular verse we're studying, like in this case, serving the Lord in sincerity. So to refresh our memory, sincere in Joshua 24, 14 means complete, whole, and entire. This is used a good bit throughout scripture And several times when it's used, it's talking about a walk or a relationship with the Lord. So let's look at a couple of those examples. So Genesis 6 and 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. So let's back up to that word perfect. That word means complete, whole, and entire. Huh, sound familiar? So Noah was a just man, and Noah was also a sincere man. Going back a little bit to the beginning of Genesis chapter 6, we can get a pretty good picture of the wickedness that the Lord saw in the earth during that time. Yet, in the midst of all of that wickedness, there was a perfect sincere man. I tell you what, it'd be something to sit down with old Noah and ask the burning question, Noah, my brother, how did you do it? How did you become this just, perfect, sincere man in your generation? How did you avoid getting distracted by social media? How did you ignore people talking about you as you built an ark in your front yard? What encouraged you to stay consistent in your generation? How did you maintain a walk 
with God? We're going to answer those questions, but first, one more example. Genesis chapter 17, starting at verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying. So want to guess what perfect means <laughs> in verse one? Complete, whole, and entire. In other words, God wanted Abram to have a sincere walk with him, to serve him in sincerity. I imagine just maybe that during this talk with the Lord, that Abram was thinking, how, Lord, how can I do this? Remember the question that we started with, has someone ever asked you to do something you felt like you just couldn't do? Maybe Abram didn't feel exactly this way, but when I think about this, I think about a place of being broken, that place when you realize the task before you is so much bigger than you, but it's not bigger than your God. It's the place where you begin to cry out, Lord, I need you. I hear what you're asking and I want to say yes, but I can't do this without you. If this is what you're calling me to do, if this is what you're asking of me, I know me on my own. I can't. Lord, I need you. If you continue reading in this chapter, you'll see that Abram had a name change to Abraham. And there's lots that can be said about that name change. But I want to focus on the place of prayer in verse three. We read that Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. I imagine during that talk with the Lord, it hit Abram, soon to be Abraham, just how much he was going to need the Lord during this whole walk. For the rest of his life, for all of this journey, none of this was going to happen without the Lord. Point being, Joshua told Israel to serve the Lord in sincerity and truth. The word of God is truth. We can't separate God from his word. I can't serve in truth without him because he is truth. So on that note, I can't serve in sincerity without him. As we saw in the examples with Noah and Abraham, it takes a walk with him. So here's our question again. Can I serve the Lord in sincerity? Noah, how did you walk with God in your generation? Abraham, God said, be thou perfect. How did you do it? Ask yourself, how do I serve the Lord like that? The answer is pretty simple. I need him in order to serve him. I need him in order to serve him in sincerity and in truth. This magnifies the point of just how deeply I need him. 
It almost seems like common sense. We all need him, right? But I I don't want to miss the depth of understanding just how much I really need him. I can't walk this walk without him. Are you struggling to be consistent in your walk with him? Consistency doesn't happen without him. I need him in order to serve him. Oh, to get it in my mind, just how much I need him to complete me and to be entire in him. This goes beyond healing. This goes beyond something in the physical. But when I am complete in him, something happens, not just on the surface, but in the depths of my soul. Lord, help me to get a better understanding of my continual need for you. Just to look back and consider all the Lord has done, or even consider what he's doing right now. Lord, let this settle in my heart. I need you in order to serve you. If and when a trial comes and there's that question of walking away, can I continue living for God? It's got to be settled about just how much I need him. If I walk away, what else is there? What other alternative compares to him? John 6 and 67 says, Then Jesus said unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? But something something was in Peter, because he answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Somewhere along the way, Peter realized, I need him in order to serve him. If I'm going to make heaven, I need him, not just a little bit. I need to be complete and entire in him. I think it's this understanding that keeps me coming back to that place of prayer and making time to get alone with him. Yes, there's church. Yes, there's group settings. Yes, there's gatherings and all that helps. But I need time with just me and the one that makes me complete. I know we get busy and sometimes we get in a rush to get out the door to work or to take care of the needs at home and we end up missing our prayer time. Things happen. I get it. I'm not saying make excuses for not praying, but if I do end up missing my morning prayer or whenever it is that that time is, I don't want to look at that in a nonchalant way and think, oh, well, I missed prayer. I want it to be that I know just how much I really need that time with him. And if I did miss my prayer time, I want there to be that longing within me that says, Lord, I missed you this morning. That time means something to me, and I know it means something to you. Please help me to connect with you today. Whether it's at work, at school, at the house, Lord, I need you. It's this understanding that helps me be more in tune with him and more specifically, how I can serve him in the kingdom of God. It makes me more sensitive to and aware of his nudge in his still small voice. It's that understanding that helps me have a perfect walk with him in the midst of a crazy world and be found a faithful servant. 
with all the things going on around me, temptations, wickedness, etc., you name it. But all of that doesn't distract me because I've got a hold of just how deeply I need the Lord. I need him in order to serve him. When I can really get a hold of how much I need him, somewhere along the way, this turns into realizing how much I really love him. Our beginning question was, has someone ever asked you to do something you felt like you just couldn't do? Is God drawing you to a place in him you've never been before? Is he leading you through one of life's most difficult trials? How many times have you thought or said, Lord, I just don't know if I can do this. God is not leading us to a place to leave us there. He is leading us to a place to meet us there. I need him in order to serve him. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.